welcome to the AOL podcast. Let's dive right into this week's message. Man, we're so glad that you guys are here tonight. I really believe God's going to do something in your life. And we want to tell you right off the bat, we don't have a perfect marriage. I believe we have a pretty good one. I agree. Uh, You need an amen louder than that if you're going to sit next to me. Like, amen, preach, white boy, all of those types of things, okay? But uh, I I learned this. uh, Jesse Duplantis told us right before we got married, or it was right after we got married. He told me something. In fact, it's on our sleeve. He said, marriage is the death of two wills, and it's the birthing of one. And I really believe that is true. And and, um, I remember when we got married, I always tell this story when I marry people, but I'm going to tell you guys tonight that uh, a friend of, of my family, Jay Perdue, he came up to us and he gave me a $50 bill and he gave Brandy a $50 bill and he said, people would tell you that it's going to take 50% from you and 50% from her. He said, but I'll tell you, and he handed me 100 and handed her 100 I was like, don't give her 100 don't give her 100 <laughs> But gave her 100 and he said, what it's really going to take, it's going to take 100% from both of you. And I believe that it's 100% true. And I, we walked away with great advice, and Brandy walked away with $300. That is so not true, because you took it instantly, and I was like, I Amen, thought it was for I me. Amen, I did. And I said, we're married now. This is mine. This is mine. But uh, I, I know this. I believe we have a great family, but I, I know this. We, we love our kids, but we love each other more. That's right. And I don't want to be that married couple that, you know, the kids get out of the house and then we, we can't stand one another. Mm-hmm. And I believe that tonight, I believe that you being here and investing in your marriage is the best thing that you can do. That's right. And before we get started, I just want to share with something out of Ephesians chapter 4. <clears throat> and he talks about this believer's life. If you've ever studied the book of Ephesians, it's one of my favorites. But he talks about walking in the love and then he, and then he talks about uh, basically living in the light. And he goes through these different things, and obviously we know marriage is found in, in verse 22 of chapter 5. And then in verse 6, we tell this to our kids all the time, children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. That be well with you, and you'll live long on the earth. I will kill you if you don't tell me, don't do what I tell you to do, right? right. But then it goes into verse 5, and it talks about employees with employers. How many of y'all know in America we are messed up? up in our employee system. Yeah. We have a whole bunch of lazy people. And, and, and can I tell you, we can blame the government a little bit. Oh, actually, a lot of it if you want to just get down to it. But we, we can blame systems and things like that. But really, in God's word in the book of Ephesians, he gives us, uh, he gives us play by play. The last resort, resort is the employee. The one before that is the children. The one before that is marriage. But the one before that is you've first got to have a one-on-one relationship with Jesus Christ. And I'm just here to tell you tonight, if you want your marriage to get better, you've got to get better. Mm -hmm. And it's going to take 100% from you. And he tells them in the Christian walk, he tells them uh, in in chapter 4, verses 17 through 32, he talks about the relationship now that you have with Christ. And then walking in love. I mean, he says stuff like for their... uh, So this I say and solemnly affirm together with the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles live in the futility of their minds. For their understanding is darkened and their reasoning is clouded, alienated and self-banished from the life of God. Ignorance and spiritual blindness that is within them because of the hardness and insensitivity of their heart. And they, have, and they, having become callous and unfeeling, have given themselves over as prey to unbridled sensuality, 
eager, eagerly craving the practice of every kind of impurity. But you did not learn Christ in this way. He was saying, you, you personally, I personally have got to have a walk with Christ. Yeah. Brandy has a walk with Christ. So then as we go together, we meet in the middle with the Lord. And then we parent kids in a godly atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it goes into society where they're good employees. So I believe this. I believe the church ought to have the best kids out there in the workplace because it first started Mm one-on-one, and then it was a good marriage, then it was kids, and so on and so forth. But that's what – so I just want to tell you that that marriage uh, is from God. And I I know in here people come from different backgrounds, and I know – I'll tell you right now, it's okay to disagree, but next – tomorrow, Brandy's going to – meet with the girls one-on-one. I'm going to meet with the guys one-on-one. And I'm going to give the top three things on how to win every argument. And she's going to give the top three things on how to give a man whatever the heck they want. But that's a joke, by the way. All right? But I, I know this. It's okay to disagree. But there is a way to do that and a wrong way to do that. Right. And <clears throat> I, I just want to encourage you with this one more time. Let's be like Jacob and say, I'm not leaving this till you bless me. Yeah. I knew you were going to do all the talking. No, I'm not. Yeah. You're up. <laughs> no, what I was going to, I wanted to say is that I believe that a turning point in our marriage, and I know that you're going to agree with this too, is when we started spending daily time with him. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't until like, 2011. We hate to admit that because we were youth pastoring some of y'all's kids and we're sorry that we didn't have that daily walk. Maybe that's, I don't know, God gave us grace, right? Amen. But I know that I look back and I reflect and I feel like we did have a little, I mean, we've always had a good marriage, but it was a little bumpy start, right? Very. Was it? No, no, (laughs) it was good. I mean, it was, but to me, like a a pivotal moment in our life was definitely when we both started seeking him. And I think for you, you started it before I, th- I did, right? Or maybe about yes. the same time. Spiritual leader. <laughs> um, yes, Spending I did. time with him. And so, like, I look back, and it's so important that you have that daily time with him because the flesh is bad and the spirit man's good. And if you're feeding the flesh all the time, it's going to be really hard for you to have an argument that's going to be successful if you're not feeding that spirit man all the time. That's right. So now you can say whatever you want to say. No, I'm going, I'm going with it. Let's go. Okay. Genesis chapter 2. Go for it, babe. All right, verses 18. If you have your Bibles, you can open up there, and that's where we're going to start. But it says, Now the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. You should get an amen from all the men out yeah. there. Amen. <laughs> I will make him a helper. Suitable and complementary for him. So the Lord God formed out of the ground every animal of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he, he, he would call them. And whatever the man called a living creature, that was his name. That was the last time he was able to name things. Verse 20. And the man gave names to all the livestock and to the birds of the air and to every animal of the field, but for Adam... There was not found a helper that was suitable, a companion for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And while he slept, he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh at that place. And the rib which the Lord God made 
God had taken from the man he made, fashioned, formed into a woman, and he brought her and presented her to the man. Then Adam said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked, come on, and were not that come on was my own translation. And we're not ashamed or embarrassed. Yeah. So what I want to, what I get from that is I look at that and I see that uh, he needs a helpmate, right? And so I think there's, you know, sometimes I think guys think that that means that when he comes home from work, that dinner should be on the table and those are all great things, and the house cleaned and the laundry done. But in the Bible, it's not saying that it's a one-sided helping. It's that we're called to work together and support our husbands, but it's a mutual help and support. So we help each other. We help each other. So it's not, in, in our house, it's not, I have to do the chores, it's, we're a team. And that's something that I tell the kids all the time is they're like, but I didn't make that mess. And I'm like, but the Bennett household, we're a team. We're all working together. We're a team. We have a goal. It's not his job, my job. It's our job, and we do it together. That's right. And it, you might, every, everybody is going to have to find their win in that. Mm -hmm. But um, and, and, and everybody's coming from different backgrounds, and we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. But yeah. through this text, I see that God how many of y'all believe God is for marriage? He is. And Adam was, what, what I love about it from a man's point of view, Adam was talking to God in the cool of the day, had a relationship with him. And, and like we talked about from Ephesians chapter 4, that's so important. But there was something that was missing. Right. There was something that was missing. And, and, and so, uh, and that something was Eve. Mm -hmm. Because here's the deal. How many of y'all know it's not good to be alone? Yeah. One can put a thousand flight, but two... 10,000. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if you're an introvert or an extrovert. You have a need for community. There, there is all kinds of things out there. And I think, how many of y'all thankful for the church? Yeah. I believe this. I believe if you go through the word of God, you see that God always had a people and God always had a place. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I thank God for the church. But even today, coming home with Andy, we were talking about community. I mean, we got the Knights of Columbus. We got the Masons. We got... Um, the soccer Elks teams. Lodge, we got soccer team, Volleyball. all these different all these things. Teams. People are looking for community. They are. And I just want to tell you this, that the marriage relationship fulfills that need mm -hmm. at its deepest level. And I feel like that's really important for us because when we joined a soccer team, our aunt said and did, these people were like dying for a community, like to be together and to do life together and we looked at each other and like, we want to do life with each other. Like, we're never going to see these people 10 years from now. Like, why are we wasting our time on them? And what's important and is And we that, have a church body we love. And we have our, and that's what we, and that's what I told Anson is like, they're looking for a community, but we already have a community because we're involved in church and those are our church friends and that's our church community. And they don't have that and they need that so desperately. But you can see that people are hungry for relationships 
and they're, they're missing the church, and they're missing having good marriages and community. I know there's girls that would rather hang out with their friends than their husband, and I would rather hang out with my husband than anybody else in the whole wide world. Because like, I'm one cool cat. You're my person. And so that's how it's meant to be is because God is for marriage, and so we know that the devil is against marriage. That's right. The enemy comes to, to steal, it out. kill, yeah. and to destroy and so that's the first thing that comes to my attention, obviously, is the helpmate. But mm-hmm. the other one is the rib. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'll just put this out there. If you're going to have a good marriage, it's going to cost you something. Yeah. If you're not taking notes, you can go ahead and write that down. But a good marriage is going to cost you something. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's something that the rib might not be taken once, but it might be having to take again. It's something that you're going to have to keep investing in, investing in, investing in. You know, some of the worst marriages are the ones that are in the rocking chair of life, Mm -hmm. that they just become familiar with one another. You know the story of Jesus when he goes to his hometown, and uh, when he goes back there, and the Bible says he healed a few sick people, and he left. The whole reason was is because they saw him as the carpenter's son. And if you just still see her as the old bag and chain, the blessing of what what. Uh, God has in store for your marriage is always going to be at this shelf. But I believe God wants every marriage to be at top shelf. Mm -hmm. And so I I, want to talk about a little bit about deposits and withdrawals. I think we should talk about deposits and withdrawals. (laughs) And men, I just want to tell you that the little things, they matter. Go ahead and say that again. The little things, they matter. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to making deposits... The little things matter. Mm-hmm. Because we as men, I'll just go ahead and jump to the point, we want withdrawals. Yeah, y'all do. We want withdrawals. Mm-hmm. We want a withdrawal of affection. You know, we're going to talk about probably love languages here in a minute. And, yeah. and um, I think those are important. We're going to not talk necessarily about love languages, right. but, but all of them. My mm-hmm. favorite is... Quality touch and physical time. That is not on the list. Well, then I put it on the list. I think half of these guys can, All most right. of these guys agree with that. But here's the deal. We want the withdrawal of affection. We want right. the withdrawal of sex. We want the withdrawal of companionship. We right. want the withdrawal of praise. Mm-hmm. But in order to get those, you've got to make some deposits. Yeah. So important to make deposits throughout the day. And you're really good about that. Um, but there was a time you weren't, you know, I <laughs> because agree. we're not perfect. But uh, it's so important. It's the little things that he does that makes the, the marriage successful. And it's the little things that I do back for him that makes it work every single day. And so, you know, too often you can overdraw that account and keep on pulling from it. And then one person is worn out because they feel like they're giving, giving, giving and never receiving anything back. And I think that's why a lot of marriages have issues is because there's a taker in the marriage and there's a giver in the marriage and there's not that balance. And then one person's running dry and it's hard to function that way. And you eventually just give up because you're you're frustrated because you're overdrawn. And if you've ever dealt with money, and I'm sure you know you guys have been in situations, but have you ever got behind 
and you just felt like there is no way that I can ever get caught up. Yeah. Like, we're so behind on bills. Like, I don't even know which one to pay first, like, which one's the most important. And your marriage is that same way where you get to that point where you're like, I don't even know where to begin in making those deposits. And you got to get to that place where you decide, like, I, it doesn't matter. I'm going to make a deposit into this relationship because it's worth fighting for. Because marriage is worth fighting for. It's so important to make those uh, impactful deposits in your marriage, whether you're getting them or not, because you got to do the right thing and just keep on giving. And I want to say this. You need to plan your investment. If you're, if you, those of you that have dealt with money, you, you need to, you know, if you have wise counsel, mm-hmm. meaning you're always thinking steps ahead of where you're going to plan to put money mm-hmm. that's going to make some bank Later on, having a, an intentional marriage, having an intentional marriage, but plan your investment. So like this, set a time to date. Yeah, uh, I, I, I know she loves it when I call her and, you know, I'm headed home from shoeing or whatever and say, all right, we're going to dinner tonight. And this is where I'm going. Well, this is where we're going. And then I say, no, we're not going there. Yeah, she does. <laughs> We've been in that many times. <laughs> OK, well, where do you want to go? <laughs> I don't know. Let's Lord have mercy. <laughs> Look at me. Do I look like I'm picky? He's not. I'm not picky at all. I'm very picky, and, and I picked you. Thank God. <laughs> right? <laughs> I tell her that all the time. You are so picky. She said, you better thank God I and picked you. And I also you. changed my mind a lot, and I haven't changed my mind about you. So hey, that's praise the Lord. To, all right. To too. This is confession time. <laughs> but this is the law of seven, and maybe you've heard this before, and this is something that Brandy and I do, and I feel like in the last years we've done better. Yeah. And it's... I think it's important that you date every seven days. Now, some of you, I know with kids, that may, may look a little bit different. And, and now we're at a place now, you know, we just let the kids stay there and tear the house up. But <laughs> we give them nine millimeters and ARs and say, you know, if anybody comes in, <laughs> just shoot them. All right? But we, we date every, I, I believe we do, like uh, every seven days where I, we need eyeball time. Mm-hmm. Where we go, we pick a it's restaurant. Okay if it's a lunch date, it's okay. If yeah. it's a coffee date. Or going to Pop Stop to get a Coke. Yeah. Hey, we need to talk about this. And especially this. like when our kids were younger, our date sometimes consisted of just us going to the store together without the kids. You know, because going out to eat is expensive. And so he would just eat all the snacks as we walked down Come on. The aisles. Sam's. And- <laughs> Can we go to Sam's? Get free That's food. That's a bad idea when you're hungry. But... You know, those little times that we had together, I remember that was just like, it meant the world to me because if you stay at home, and I stayed at home pretty much uh, just working at the church a little bit, like the best part of my whole entire day was when he came home, and I wanted his eyeballs, and that was important to me is that he wasn't going to go sit down and stare at his phone, play a video game, or watch TV. It's like, I've Video been wa- game? Well, I don't know anything. You play games on your phone. Well, yeah, I do that. Okay. Golf. <laughs> What's the difference? Um, <laughs> just saying. But I'm, I'm saying when he gets home, I want his eyeballs, and I want him to be intentional with me. And if, if we don't have that communication of, like, listen, this is the best part of my day when you come home, so let me have your eyes. And so whenever he knew that that was important to me, then it was like, hey, let's go get a Coke together. Let's, um, you know, just do something small. And it may just be like 20 minutes, but it was 20 minutes of time that I needed uh, that deposited into my bank. And, and sometimes I just bring a Coke home. 
Yeah. It's the little things. It is the little things. Uh, here's another one. Night without the kids every seven weeks. I think that's important where you just invest. And I, I know that that's definitely hard for many of you at the place that you are. But some of y'all, that'd be. How many times have we run at a hotel in Amarillo? I mean, multiple times. Yeah. Well, I thought you wanted a number. Oh, okay. Oh, no. It's like, man, it's been I mean, a lot of years. If you want to give a number, you can. Yeah. But, I mean, there's times that we've done that just here in Amarillo. And Did a know, lot during COVID. We did. Left the kids at the house, again, with ammunition and guns. But that's important. And even, like, we, when we were uh, first started doing this, we would go to Lubbock. And I know Lubbock's not that exciting, but sometimes okay, it's cheap. See. Yeah, but Lubbock's cheap. You can get away. You can... Get a hotel and do some quality time together. Stuff. Some stuff. Hey. Uh, here's another one. This That's is, what he this was is, there for. I was just for the vacation from amen. the kids. Amen. <laughs> He's like ba- so excited. I'm like, yes, it's so exciting. I have no kids to take care of. Praise the Lord. <laughs> we're going to talk about we're going to talk about the bed tomorrow. So I'm going to save all my remarks okay. for that. There you go. Tomorrow is the bed, the bank, the beak, and the bow. So y'all be here for that. All right. (laughs) Vacation every seven months. And that's one thing, obviously, at the place that we are now, that uh, we we like those experiences where we get away together and enjoy, you know, just have that time with rekindle love. I just said the other day, my favorite Travis that I ever get is when I'm pregnant, because he was so nice to me when I was pregnant. We should have another baby. (laughs) No. <laughs> but no, um, because he would like open the door for me, and when I'm not pregnant, he would just like shut the door on my face or like that I'd be carrying. Not true. This is a marriage carrying, conference, man. I try to help them out that they can relate. Like you're carrying all the baby stuff, and then you didn't open the door. But when I'm pregnant, you're like you open the door. And it was so <laughs> nice. I loved Travis when I was pregnant. Also love vacation, Travis. Like it's the best. So. If you haven't experienced that version of your husband where you're on a vacation, it's amazing. Some of them have, and they're, they're probably saying otherwise. <laughs> Give it time. Here's, it's I important. think this is the one that I think that is the most important is, so date every seven days, not without the kids every seven weeks, vacation every seven months, and we never, 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 even if it's fast, even if it's intense, we never hang up the phone. We never go seven hours without telling one another that we love each other. I love you. I love you. I love you. I accidentally hung up on you the other day, and I didn't say that, and I felt really guilty. Then I texted you. I said, Lord, make her feel guilty. (laughs) I wasn't mad at him or anything, but it just, I was in a hurry with the kids or something, and I was like, bye. But at the end of the at the end of all of this, I, I want you to know this, that it's not the money spent. Mm-hmm. It's the time that's spent of, of, of communicating with one another. Because there's many of you out there, it's like there's no the way that we can do this. Yes, there is. I mean, uh, there's a lot of things that are free. Mm-hmm. Sex is one of them, by the way. <laughs> Save it for tomorrow. All right. <laughs> all right. I want to read to you uh, out of Ephesians chapter 5. I know we went there just kind of change some gears, but uh, that that they are our helpmate, the rib is going to cost you something. But in Ephesians chapter 5, we all, we all know this particular text talking about marriage like Christ and the church, but I want to point something out in, in, uh, as the men. In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 28, it says, even so husbands should and are morally obligated to love their own wives as their own bodies. Now, I love this 
particular text right here because Brandy can look in the mirror and she'll see all these flaws. All these, did you see this? Did you see that? And I'm like, absolutely not. I did not see that. But a man can look in the mirror and be like, oh my gosh, you look so good. Like I so would get with you if I was me. Right? So this particular text, see, the Lord knew what he was doing through Paul. He was right. I mean, this is for real. It says, love their own wives as their own bodies. So you treat her like you look at yourself in the mirror, you'll be doing good. He who loves his wife, his own wife, loves himself. For no one ever hated his own body, but instead he nourished and protects and cherishes it, just as a Christ does the church. That's one thing I want to talk about in marriage. Uh, men, I think it's very important that your family knows that you're there to protect them. And when I mean protect, not only, you know, you're going to stand guard and stand between whoever's trying to come against your family, not only in a physical sense, but also, too, I want you, you need to protect your marriage when she's not there and people are trying to slander things and get things out of context. I'm telling you, what will be a turn on to your wife is when you protect her no matter the cost. And we, we've got to be a people. In fact, I, I, I want to say that, too. I think it's important as far as, as the wife, too, that there was protection inside of the marriage. Yeah. I think it's really important, especially to protect with your family. We, we know uh, people that don't have great relationships with their parents, and it can get ugly and things can be said, but it's so important that no matter what, that that husband stands up for their wife, regardless whether it's mom and dad um, and vice versa with your parents. is You need to protect your husband and not everything needs to be shared. Not you don't need to undercover, uh, uh, reveal things that you shouldn't reveal, and protect him and stand up for him as well. That's right. And and one of the things that I feel like we've done as a married couple, we we have. Uh, I feel like we have taken the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. I came from a very good godly home. She came from a very good godly home. Our parents still love one another. Her parents do. My parents do. But we had to find where our win was because if I came into the marriage saying, well, this is how we do things in the Bennett home. She was saying, well, this is how we did things in the Jones home because we came from totally two different homes. I came from, a, I mean, my dad lived by this or he told me this. He said, son, if you want loving at 11, you run the dishwasher at seven. Amen. Or the the vacuum cleaner in, in those types of things. My dad was very hands-on in, in those types of areas. And her dad wasn't very much at all. I don't know if he knows where the vacuum cleaner is. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not here to say it. <laughs> Would you agree, Brooke? <laughs> uh, Cody will. I'll say that. But, uh, and, and, and so here's the deal. We had to find our win. And I feel like now we have a home that's the best of what you came from and the best of where we came from. Probably more of mine, but. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but, but I know this. See, I was raised, I was raised in a home with all boys. Yeah. She was raised in a home with just her and Brooke. Mm-hmm. And so when she wanted to watch a chick flick and the football game was on, there was some consequences there. And so we came from totally different backgrounds, but we had to find where our win was. And we've messed up our win from time to time. Yeah. The, the Joneses are planners. And that's the Bennetts like, are not. The Bennetts are not. And so we had a when I show up, 
the Lord will reveal to me what we're going to do, and it's going to be a big time no matter what. (laughs) Right? Yeah. That's one thing that I had to really learn is they don't make plans. They just kind of like There's do. no fun in that. Yeah, they just do. That's right. We we're make led plans. by the Lord. We go on vacation. We we're make a plan. People. He's like, we're going on a vacation. There's a plan. Well, of course there's a plan. <laughs> Day one is this. Day two is this. And so. Y'all pray for me. Yeah. Amen. You love it. You know exactly what's going to happen. I, I don't know why right here we put we put trip to Mexico. Do you know why we oh, put this? I do because um, I'll tell you why. Oh, this! Oh, I get yeah. it now. I get okay. it. <laughs> we went on a trip to Mexico, and we drove, and it was, what, like 18 hours? Mm-hmm. Uh, Doug and Heidi took us down there. Y'all have been down there, uh, Daisha and Bobby, and you're driving in the desert, and you think, they're taking us out here to murder us. Like, there's no ocean. Tipping. There's no ocean at all, and then finally you see an ocean, and it's beautiful, but I feel like it was a little bit farther than Doug had told us that it was going to be. Yeah, he lied. It was so long, so far. And so we go on vacation, and we were supposed to stay. I'm just going to throw this out here. Like 12 days, and like day 10, he's like, we're going home tomorrow. Like I was literally enough. wanting to do landscaping with all the Mexicans there. <laughs> he was like cleaning the pool. Listen, I have to have a purpose. Yeah. Yep. So he was sick of sitting around. So we were leaving. I was probably a little bit bitter about that because I was living my best life on the beach. So we're headed back. And I don't know why we're in a hurry to get home because he has no horses lined up. I don't know. Yes, I did. Okay. Well, I would I didn't find some. Well, you don't have anything planned. So we're in the desert in Arizona. And it's like 116 degrees. Well, outside. that's another thing. See, when we went on vacation growing up, you didn't let no grass grow under the car. In fact, tie it in a knot, stick it out the window if you have to pee. You had but boys. We, I know, but I'm just saying this is the difference. Now I'm to get why we put the trip to Mexico. Yeah. We come from different backgrounds. Yeah. Y'all, y'all like to stop every 10 miles. We didn't. But we always had like snacks and drinks and we ate good meals. I don't know what y'all did, but it, the system didn't work. There's no There hurry. was no eating. There's no hurry to get to a destination because the destination is going to be there when you get there, no matter what time. That was my theory. get there quicker. Well, it doesn't matter. What's the rush? Y'all still pray for me. I'm still working through this. (laughs) He does it my way. I just want you to know. That's how we travel now. And uh, so anyways, we're driving in Arizona. Catch throws up in his car seat, like, all over him. And I'm like, pull over. And he's like, I'm not pulling over. And I'm like, he threw up in his car seat. Like, I have to clean him up and get him out. And he's like, get him out of the car seat. And I'm like, you're driving 118 down this highway because we're in a hurry to get to, to go home for what? I have no clue. So I'm like, pull over the car right now. Like, I'm telling you, pull it. I'm not pulling over the car. Pull over the car. I'm like, I'm not getting him out of the car seat, and we have to clean him up. I'm not pulling it over. So he... We're, like, yelling at each other. Addison, like, starts crying in the back seat. It was um, intense. It was intense. And she's like, I was about to call Gigi because I thought y'all were getting divorced. <laughs> and I said, if you call Gigi, that would be the last thing you that ever was the last. That earth. would be the last phone call you ever made. But anyways, he pulls over because obviously I win. And I cleaned up catch. Because how do you clean up, women, how do you clean up, throw up while you're driving down the road? When you needed to get the kid out, wipe him off, change the clothes. You put him in the third row. I'll tell you how you do it. You put him in the third row with the other kids. All right? You give him to Noel. He loves Noel. You give him to Noel. Yeah, with the robe on there, Noel was going to throw up too. (laughs) 
Clean up the whole car. Yeah. So, yeah. I drove really good. I know that. James chapter 3 and verse 16. And listen that was up. the last time we're ever driving to Mexico. James chapter 3 and verse 16. You need to listen to this. For where envying and strife is, mm-hmm. there is confusion in every evil work. For where, I want to read out a New Living Testament. It says, for, for wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder. You were being so selfish right in that moment. And evil of every kind. And evil. And here's the deal. I finally did pull over. I finally did pull over. And I wanted to, I, I, I will say this. In our home, there's one thing that we don't put up with is strife. Mm-hmm. We don't let the sun go down on our wrath. There, you also told me when we got married, you do not say the D word. You don't say the D word. That's yeah. right. Divorce. Yeah. That's right. Or the other we, we also, I also said this, this is my bed, I shoot horses, <laughs> I will never sleep on the couch. He did say that too. I did he say that. He said, if you're mad at me and you need to sleep somewhere else, that's fine, but I'm sleeping in my bed. <laughs> Amen. I did. Don't put that in your notes. But, <laughs> but wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. So you need to ask yourself in an argument or whatever it is, is this selfish ambition is this something that I'm going to die to the sword to? Of something that some things that are just so dumb, so yeah, so selfish looking at her. Because I believe this, peace is always a win. Mm-hmm. Peace is always a win. Never have strife around the home. Right. And, and we do that with our kids. We're like, no, you need to walk in love. How many of y'all know a great marriage is a marriage that walks in forgiveness every year that you're married? Yeah. You've got to walk in forgiveness. You've got, I mean, because there's going to be things, obviously, that still drive you crazy to this day. There's things about you that still may drive me crazy. But we walk, we walk in forgiveness, and we don't have jealousy, selfish ambition inside the home. Yeah. I totally agree with that. The next line. Yeah. You need to read it. The, the peace always wins? You already said that. No, oh, this one right Okay. Here. Oh, let your repentance be as loud as your offense. And it's so important because how many of you guys grew up in a home where you just like kind of acted like it didn't happen? You know, I'm sure there's some of you guys out there, you're like, there's like a big blow up and then they just like act like it didn't happen, never resolved the issue, never said sorry, just like pretended like nothing bad happened. And I think it's so important, especially as you're parenting kids, is like to let your spouse know that you're sorry, that there was a mistake and that you're trying to move forward and use your words because it's important to like verbalize that and let your actions show that you're sorry and not, I mean, kids pick up on so much, you know, and even your dogs do too. If you're a dog mom, they know when you're mad at each other. <laughs> so, so make sure that you bring peace into the home and uh, heal that hurt so that it doesn't continue. And because if not, I just promise you this, you're going to relive and go through that same fight all the time until you figure out how to repent and really truly turn away from it because that's what repentance is. It's like turning the opposite way. It's like, I made a mistake, but I'm not doing that again. And we're going to move past this. And I want you, and as a spouse, like he holds me accountable. I hold him accountable. And so we're going to hold each other accountable in a loving way so that we're not having the same issues all the time. And that repentance, what, what it, do, it brings dignity back to the person you hurt or possibly even humiliated. Yeah. And, and I think that's important that you do that because um, 
man, when you, you, you offend, especially the people that are closest to you, I, I say this all the time, that it always hurts worse when it comes from a spouse. Mm-hmm. Because you can throw daggers across the room, and they may not stick very far into a person. Mm-hmm. But the person that you're closest to, they can stab the knife further in the back than anything else. Yeah. And so that's why I, I believe the enemy is after marriages because it hurts It hurts worse because you're in covenant with one another. And also you, you have to humble yourself because pride is, I'm going to say it because I know it's going to hurt really bad. And because we're close to each other, like that's even been my biggest thing is like he may be bigger than me, but I can be meaner than him. And that's probably how we lived the first few years that we were married because it was like, I can use my words, like I'm small, but I can use my words and I can be hurtful. And that had to be a pride issue that you had, that I had to deal with so that I wasn't saying things that I couldn't take back and hurting the person that was closest to me. But we do, we do it together. I mean, and, and that's one of the things. Only you, I don't think there is a perfect degree or, or perfect um, metaphor that, that we could give you guys or, or these steps on working through those things. But you're, you, you know, husband, what ticks her off. Mm-hmm. And you know what ticks him off. And obviously you need to divert from those things. Yep. And that's what, you know, that's where we come into a place where we're team Bennett. Right. And we, we are gonna, we're going to pull the best things out of each other in those moments. Mm-hmm. Yep. And when you're a team... You don't want to ever sabotage your teammate, right? If we had that mindset, like, we don't want to, to sabotage. I mean, unless you're the Dallas Cowboys, I think they do that. But, I mean. They do it to me. In all reality, <laughs> in all reality is, like, you want to win as a team. And when you make your mind up that you want to win as a team, then you're going to hold back some of those words because you're, you don't need to say hurtful things because the end goal is to win. That's right. It's the again. It's the death of two wills, and it's the birthing of one. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about working together. Me and Brandy work together all the time. Brother and sister-in-law, they they work together all the time. They could probably. How many give of you us... guys work together? Is there multiple people? Yeah. All right. Oh. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome and and, and really fun at times. <laughs> It's, it's never intense at times, all right? But I am your boss. I like it when you call me boss. Second uh, yes. Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 10 says, Even while we were with you, we gave you this command. Those unwilling to work will not get to eat. And I just want to tell you this. How you do anything is how you do everything. And not only do we work together, but also in the home. That's one of the things that, that we do. That's, those are little things. And this may not work in, in your home, but that's w- little things for her. Like I know if she's gone, I don't normally do the, the, the laundry, but I'll put loads of laundry in there. So when she comes home, she can relax and do those things. That's me filling in, uh, making deposits into your bank, uh, running um, Cleaning the house. Me and the kids will do those types of things. Um, what did Kesh tell you the other day? Y'all were vacuuming, and he goes, today is not Saturday. He, tell you, he told me, he <laughs> said, Dad, what is wrong with you? Mom is not even here. That's what he told me. I said, I know, oh, son. Right. <laughs> but and it wasn't Saturday. But, you know, there is definitely some veins and things that you take care of mm-hmm. that I don't necessarily do, but it doesn't mean that I can't do those things. But it's also it, that we're a team because I feel like, 
when I'm up working and doing things, you're up working, doing things, and it's not like you're watching me work. That's right. Because we're, we're both working together because I feel like we're, we have a lot of pride in our home, and so we want to have a home that looks nice. So you're mowing and I'm cleaning, and together we're working for the same goal of having a, a beautiful home together. Like Team Bennett, I, I, I'll say this. I know that if we're on the couch or even at the kitchen table and I say, let's go to bed, and if she walks past things that are on the floor and things like that, I know it's going to take her 30 minutes to come to bed. I do not understand that. I'm like, it's easy. You just go in there and take her clothes off and get inside the sheets. Well, if somebody comes and kidnaps us, we got to have a clean house. I'm just saying from a man's perspective. (laughs) Well, that's one way to look at it. But I I, I just know this, that if I see those things that are just going to divert her from what I'm wanting, I'm going to have to make a deposit in those things Mm -hmm. and us work as a team together to make it happen. Yeah. Get get upstairs, whip after the kids. You know, when I come home, I, I'll, I'll say this, and this is where a lot of them are messed up. Guys, just because you come home doesn't mean that you need to sit on the your dairy air and watch TV. I think a successful marriage is, hey, we're going to work together. Yeah. We cook together. We do all kinds of different. And, you know, there's times where I'm busy and doing other things, and she would be glad to do those. But, uh, but I, uh, I think it's important that we have that workload mm-hmm. together. Um, another thing I think it's important, I, I say this in the Bennett home, we work hard, mm-hmm. but we play hard too. We work hard and we play hard. The Bible says a merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. Mm-hmm. And if there's, I, I, I've met with many people before where, where there's just no fun inside the home. You know what blessed me the other night they had, um, they had the lock in and Anson brought five friends. Mm-hmm. He brought five friends and I was taking them all home. And there was a boy that said, I do not want to go back to my house. He said, Anson's dad, he called me Anson's dad. Anson's dad, can I come back to your house? Your house is so fun. And you know what? It is fun. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fun, fun, but we have an atmosphere of fun. It's not intense. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a big time. And I think it's important that because the Bible does say a merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. And I think you need to do everything that you can to have a fun atmosphere inside your home. I do too. It's so important. We, uh, we sit around and laugh at the kitchen table together, and we enjoy each other. We don't do technology at the table because that's it's family time. And because we do that, I think that's why we have so many laughs. Plus, our kids are kind of crazy, and they make us laugh. Yes, they do. <laughs> the next one, uh, love casts out fear. First John chapter 4 and verse 18, it says there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Second uh, Timothy 1.7, it says, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So the opposite of love is not hate, it's fear. And I think it's very important that we, we have in our relationship love. Mm-hmm. And the Bible is full of those. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 4, it talks about how you walk in love. But the best one is 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And this is just uh, something, whether it's an intense moment or, or it's a great moment. But love casts out fear out of a marriage, out of a home. But 1 Corinthians 13, it gives you the test. It says love is patient, love is kind, 
It's not envious. It's not boastful. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. And in those intense moments, you need to go through that checklist. The reason I have that memorized is because I go through the checklist of love. Because I don't want fear in my home. I don't want fear in my marriage. I, don't, I, would, I would hate to think that you were afraid of me. I would hate for you to think that I was afraid of you. Well, there, there is times, all right? Obviously not when we're in the, uh, the batting cage together. I saw you were afraid of me, but that was, that was a whole different deal. But when we get in those moments, love is patient. Am I being patient? Am I being patient? There's times when, you You're know. You're so patient. I am patient. Is love, am I being kind? As I'm talking so right kind. now. I know the words that are coming out of my mouth. I said this Sunday, and you guys will agree with me, but there's times when there's a thought that comes in my head, I could say this. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I do say that and think, why did I say that? That was so dumb. But am I being kind with my words? Mm -hmm. Patient, kind, is not envious, is not boastful. Am I being arrogant? Yeah. Some of y'all need to ask somebody else whether you're, not, whether you're being arrogant. Maybe you ought to just have a truth or dare with your spouse. Am I being arrogant? They will tell you the truth. Yeah. Uh, does, not, does not rejoice in iniquity. Mm -hmm. in, in, the, in the times when they're low, that's the time we're going to build them up. But rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things. Bring hope into the relationship. Yeah. A love that never fails. Mm -hmm. And I believe in those intense moments where you're working some things out, we're going to cast out all fear and we're going to go through the workshop of 1 Corinthians 13. It's also, it's... It's a moment that you can't be prideful. and Because the hardest thing you'll ever do is not say something that you want to say so bad that you know is going to hurt. That's right. It's hard. But then when you walk away and you do it and you've done it one time, then it's easier the next time. Right? It's, you know, yeah. I just think it gets easier, especially for somebody that knows how to say mean things. Like, just don't do it. And see what happens because God's going to move in that situation because you didn't add strife to the situation. You didn't, um, you know, say something that you shouldn't have. And I know that God honors that. And it's hard. That's right. You're, you're always so good. You never say anything mean. The Bible says this. Well, I'm a preacher. I have to preach it at you sometimes. All right. <laughs> you are. That's true. John chapter 8 and verse 44, it says, You are, are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. The next thing I want to talk about is some lies and marriages that we, we, we can come against. Obviously, you don't need to be in a you know, lie to one another. That will come back to bite you in the end. But the first lie that I want to talk about is this. Marriage is too hard. Marriage is not too hard. Come on, get that in your head. Marriage is not too hard. Yeah. And she is not the old ball and chain. Mm -hmm. And we had all that fun before I said I do. And when I said I do, she said I don't do that anymore. Or the... Or the, the lie of this, that you're just, you just signed your life away and there's no way you're going to retain any of those things back. forever. Forever. The Bible says in Proverbs 13, 15, it says, Good understanding gains favor, but the way of the unfaithful is hard. The unfaithful life is a hard life. And so uh, I, I want to just go ahead and disperse of that 
the number uh, the first lie that I wrote down that marriage is too hard. Marriage is not hard, and if you have um, a covenant with Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. I believe if you have that heart like Jacob did, I'm not leaving here until God, you bless me and you bless this marriage. It's worth fighting I believe, for. Amen. It's worth fighting for. Lie number two is 50% of marriages end in divorce. Uh, I think people say, it's okay, just give up, call it quits. They weren't right for you. It was toxic, whatever. It's it's worth fighting for, and I, I just trust that God wants to restore whatever the devil is trying to take. How many of y'all know you can't trust the stats anyway? That's right. They're lies. That's right. Lie number three is this. The I thing should have said this one because it's more for girls. Go ahead. Girls. Go for it. Okay. I shouldn't take, uh, or I should take my mother's advice. My mom gives great advice, but there's other people in your life that will pour into you that is not giving you good, godly advice, and you got to be so careful with that. And so in Proverbs uh, eleven fourteen it says, people lose their way without wise leadership, but a nation succeeds and stands in victory when it has good counselors to guide it. And so you want to have a successful marriage, you need to look at good people to guide you and give you good advice. Can I tell you this from an honest perspective? In in being in ministry, I have seen more parents ruin good marriages than anything else. Just leave them out of it. The Bible says you leave your father and mother and you cleave to your wife. And it should be your choice as a couple whether or not you bring your parents into that. Yeah. And, and, and can I tell you, I, I know that's a touchy deal because that, that's one of the things that I bring up in premarital counseling. Don't you, you need to know this. You are marrying somebody else's family. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And listen, and sometimes, uh, and you need to know this, that whether she has a crazy side of her family or I have a crazy side of my family, like if my mom's nuts, she's still my mama. Mm-hmm. And she's still my daddy. Or he's still my daddy, right? <laughs> Sorry, Dad, if you're listening. He's still my daddy, but I, I have got to grow up enough to know this, that she's now more important than they will ever be, yep. right? Mm-hmm. That's so important. If you're going to have a good marriage, and, and uh, I, I think it can be very unhealthy that if I call my mom and dad and say, Brandy's doing this and Brandy's doing that, well, who are they? They are Team Travis. Yeah, and they're the not next Team Brandy. Awkward because you know that they Absolutely. know what's happened. Absolutely, and I'm not saying your parents can't can't give great. And and I, I believe our parents both have been good about you know being staying out of, it. Staying out of things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, they've been great. But can I tell you, you need to be very careful. Uh, where there is no counsel, the people fall. And it's hard if you're somebody like me that. My mom is one of my best friends, and I just want to tell her everything. I can't tell her everything because every time I get mad at him, even though she's the pastor, she's going to get mad at him too and hold it against him. And so there's just things that she doesn't need to know that I may be frustrated at that I need to communicate with him about my frustrations and not my mom. And how many of y'all know, it? if you don't know this, you need to know this, that if I call somebody that is only going to favor my side, then they're really not a good friend. No. And you need to know this, that there's his side, there's her side, and there's the truth. Mm-hmm. 
And there's been many times in ministry where I've gotten a whole different story when I get them both together. Like, you didn't tell me that part. That's kind of a big piece mm -hmm. of the story. Or you didn't tell me this part of this. And so um, that's lie number three. Not necessarily I should take my mother's advice or, or have people of influences. Listen, if you want a good marriage, mm -hmm. you need to get around people that have good marriages. Right. Amen. Iron sharpens iron, and I think that's important. Here's, here's line number four. I can't and won't change. You know one of the things that cracks me up? People have been married three or four years, and they come to him and say, he's changed. Well, I hope he has. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. How many of y'all know we all change? Yeah. I'm not the same person that I was 18 years ago when we said I do on this stage. Nope. We're we're We're... Hopefully, we've grown up from that. Yeah. Now, I believe there's things that are different. But there's people that say, well, this is who I am, and I'm never going to change. Listen, if you're going to have to have a good marriage, there are some things that you're going to have to change. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. And if you have the mentality, I can't and I won't change that. Well, listen, you need to grow up. Well, that's a decision when you say that I can't that's and right. I won't change. It's a decision. But I know this, that God wrote the manual for marriage. He already knows how it's all going to work out. So if you want your marriage to change, then you need to go back to the manual and see how it's supposed to be. And uh, true change only comes from God. And when we begin to change, we can admit that we can't do it alone, that it's God that's changing us. It's like Because it's, I can't change on my own. I've got to have him. And so that's why the word of God is so important is because we can't do it on our own. We don't have that kind of wisdom. And we got to have a manual on how to live life and how to change. That's right. And so Romans 12, 2 says, stop imitating. Passion translation. Oh, yeah, it's in the passion. Uh, stop imitating the ideas and the opinions of the culture around you. Well, what is the culture around us? I mean, it was hard. Give up. It's fine. It's just a divorce. I'm already on number three, so it's okay if you get that other one, you know. And so. But be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through total uh, reform of how you think. And this will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. And so, you know, we want to live a perfect life and, and honor him and the way we live in our marriage. And so if we have that mindset of we can't change and we're not going to change, we, we really need to turn to God and humble ourselves so that he can Help us change. Amen. Line number five is this. It's the last one. It's the last one. I don't feel it. I don't feel it. Oh, you know what? I don't, I feel, don't feel it anymore. I don't feel oxygen, but I thank God for it. Mm -hmm. Right? It is important. There's a lot of things that you may not feel, but here, here's the deal. It doesn't mean that you, you don't pursue after it and don't, don't give up going after it because let's just say this I, I will say you might watch a Hollywood flick of what you think marriage is and it's nothing like that right we were just talking about this the other day because we were watching some old movies and the way people have conversations on movies I'm like who actually has that detailed of a conversation with someone like he's never told me all of those words like in the movies, like in the notebook that you love, like nobody talks like that. Has anybody hey, had somebody like that. confess their love to you like in the notebook? You threw me under the bus right there. You just like slipped that one in. <laughs> My gosh. It is a great movie though. It is. You um, 
I got to tell this story, though, while we're talking about Hollywood. Okay. Of, it was Valentine's Day, and they had all these movies on TV, and we were watching Sweet Home Alabama. And y'all know the story where she's with the rich guy. He was a Democrat. But was he? He was a Democrat. Yes, okay. he was. I pointed that out. But you'll, you'll, you'll know why I pointed it out here in a minute. Okay. And he goes to Tiffany. He buys this big, nice diamond for her. Yes. And, and she leaves and goes back home, falls in love with the cool guy, right? Mm. And so then you see that he's falling for him. He's got the hound dog, you know, and he's got the, the airplane. And uh, she goes, let's go eat. I said, no, I want to see the ending. Well, you've seen it before. And I said, well, I want to watch it this time. No, let's go to Olive Garden. I said, no, I'm going to watch it. She goes, I don't want to watch it because it makes me sad. I said, why? She goes, because she left the rich guy for the cool guy. And it reminds me of me. I left my rich dad for you. (laughs) How rude. But listen, line number five, I don't feel it. Listen, I believe there was some good, wise counsel tonight of some things that you can start doing in your life yes. where you can feel it again. The Bible tells us in Revelation, uh, uh, Revelation chapter 2, the first church at Ephesus when Paul's on the island of Patmos, and it says, what have you done? He said, you've done a lot of things right, but one thing you've done, you forgot your first love. Mm-hmm. Listen, can I give you some great advice? There's some things that you did while you were dating yeah. that I would encourage you, whether you've been married for 30 years or 25 years or 18 years like us, there's some things that you need to go back to because you forgot. What was the, 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 he was saying, what was the thing in the beginning when your walk with Christ was so strong? There were some things that you did then that you forgot and don't do anymore. Listen, we need to continue to date our spouse. Mm-hmm. We need to continue to ooh and coo them. We need to continue to have those special moments, those ooey-gooey times that we did everything to win them. Because can I tell you, if you're going to have a great marriage, you need to continue to win. That's right. Amen? I don't feel it. Uh, Because the last thing is this, and uh, I I hope you guys come. Have y'all got anything out of this tonight? I hope you have. All right. The last part, did you have a scripture you're going to share? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, Go for it. Okay. In Ephesians 4, uh, 26 and 27, it says, But don't let the passions of your emotions lead you to sin. Uh, don't let anger control you or be fuel for your revenge, not even for a day. Don't give the slanderous accuser, the, dev- the devil, an opportunity to manipulate you. And so that's a manip- manipulation is that you don't feel it anymore because you do. And you need to get back to those those moments of looking at him the way you did before and remind yourself of why you married him and see the good things. Because, like, if you're going to pick out all the bad qualities and all the negative things, then that is all you're going to see until you make the mindset up that you're like, I'm going to see the good in this situation. I'm going to see the good in him. I'm going to see, even if it's just a little bit, you got to grab that grasp of hope so that you see something so that you can feel it the way you're supposed to. Amen. In Hebrews, it talks about, it says Jesus was tempted in all ways of man, but not, did not give in to any of those. In 1 John, it talks about the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. So these are the, all the things that Jesus was tempted in that he, didn't, that he didn't give in to. And we see those in Matthew chapter 4. We see it in Mark, uh, is, uh, in Luke's gospel as well, how Jesus is in the wilderness there. 
And what did he do? He came to him quoting scripture. But what did he do? He tried to twist the truth of the word of God. And can I tell you, in your marriage, one thing that you're going to have to be uh, intentional about is when it comes to her and when it comes to him, don't let the enemy twist the truth of the word of God in your head. And how you come against him, is that's why it's important that you have the word of God in you. And also, too, I think about the wilderness moment. When you're in those wilderness moments, maybe in your marriage, Mm -hmm. where stones look like bread, and you're having these moments where where if I go out and do this, I can be over this, and you're walking away from something so important. Make sure you're intentional to stay true to the word of God. What God put together... I'm not going to let any man separate. I, 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 I am going to die to the sword of this covenant that God put us together. And I'm not going to let the enemy twist anything inside my head. Can I tell you, God is for marriage. God is for marriage. And I hope you get that tonight, that God is for marriage. Wherever you're at in your marriage, God is for it. He's not against it. And don't let the enemy come in with this lie, stealing, killing, and destroying. Well, it's just been hard. And all these different lies that we talked about tonight, it's, it's too hard. And, and marriages in a divorce all the time are, you know, I should take this person's advice. I can't change. I can't and I won't change. I just don't feel it anymore. I believe that through the power of the Holy Spirit that you can leave here saying, you know what? God's going to change some things in our life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, that's all we have for you tonight, unless you have something else you want to share. Y'all be here tomorrow. We're going to talk about the bed. In fact, tonight, that's your homework. Y'all should just go home and do it. Amen? Unless you're, unless not, you're not married. Yet. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Screw like rabbits. Do it. <laughs> like I said, it's free. Everybody will walk in tomorrow morning happy. happy. Amen. There you go. Or pregnant. I don't know. All right? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Richard, Margaret, you ought to have a baby. Come on. All right? No. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you're never too old. Abraham was 99. Well, were you excited? Are you excited for the newlywed game? I'm excited for the newlywed we game. We did that uh, this summer with our young married. And Gabe and Amanda, stand up, hero. They, these are our champions no, right here. They were they too. Were, they, they were runner-ups. Oh, they were runner-ups? Yeah. Yeah, but the other ones cheated. Remember, she said the big one. Oh, no. Yeah, they did, huh? But it was so much fun. There were so many laughs. Wasn't it? Wasn't it fun? Who was was there this summer when we played the New The Way game? Wasn't it fun? It's a great time. Yeah. So we're going to have fun tomorrow morning. Also, too, I want to thank our staff. Come on, give them a hand of putting all this stuff together. Didn't they do awesome? And we have a team. Have our team stand up. If you guys helped us make this event happen, y'all stand up. Our team. Yeah, our team. All right, that's yeah, Jennifer. Come on, y'all stand up. Y'all. Callie. Yeah, thanks, Shannon. guys. Those are greeted at the door. Yes. But awesome, awesome, awesome. Were y'all blessed tonight? Let's stand together. Let, me, let us pray for you. God, I just pray for each and every person, every couple that is here. We get an agreement, and we pray, God, we speak blessing over them. 
I pray that they're blessed in the city, blessed in the field. Whatever they put their hand to shall and will prosper. I pray that you bless them and keep them. Your face shine upon them. Be gracious to them and give them peace. I pray, God, that as they make some decisions or maybe some turnarounds or maybe just rekindling some things that we need to be more intentional about, I pray, God, that you open up the windows of heaven and pour a blessing on them in Jesus' mighty name. I pray that wherever they go and whatever they do, God, that they, the uh, people would be blessed by the marriage that they have and they would be living, breathing examples that God is a God of grace. He's a God of mercy. He's a God that never leaves us and never forsakes us. And so, God, I speak uh, such a blessing over them in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, we want to thank you for joining us on our podcast today. We pray that you heard from God and that this message was for you. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps us reach more people with this message. Arena of Life takes pride in connecting to God, to church, and to people. And we want to connect with you. So don't forget to check us out on all social media platforms, to check out our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and to download the Church Center app and to choose Arena of Life as your church. And a special thanks to those who make a difference by giving generously. You help us change lives and produce weekly content like this that reaches the world. If you're interested in partnering with us, you can give by clicking the link in our bio through the website arenaoflifechurch.org or through the Church Center app. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.